Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. Music of America podcast continues today. We're in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and we're going to talk to the Tire Fires. Benormous Productions has been producing and recording music for over 20 years now, video and music, in fact. After years as a performer, the owner, Ven Verhoeven, decided to get back to that which he loved the most, which is production. After tutelage under Jordan Valeria, he opened up his own place in Millican, Colorado, with high-end instruments and high-end tools on hand to make your sound compete with that of your favorite records. He's got one goal in mind and make you look and sound as professional as possible. So go make some videos, go make some records at B Normus Productions. They're on Facebook or at www.bnormusproductions.com. Our guests, the tire fires, and right out of the gate that evokes such an image. So let's talk about the band name and then we'll talk about you guys. Sure. The band name. I want to say I pushed for this name. I want to say that I pushed for it. Could be. So we started as your, your solo. It was because of your solo work, right? Yes. Originally, it was all me, songs that I had written. And uh, then eventually, Will was like, these are cool. Can I play bass on them? Yep. And then when we were finding, trying to find a band name, I remember talking about, remember when we were talking about stars and space? Like No. So there's this... There, have you ever seen like a video on YouTube where it's yes. like, this is the earth and then it, it pulls out and then like, this is right. how much bigger the sun is. And then it pulls out and like, this is how much bigger this other star is. Yeah. And I love watching that and just feeling so insignificant. And so I wanted to like name it after one of those giant ass stars, but the best we could come up with was like pistols something. And we we're like, no, we don't want to do that. Okay. I don't remember, don't remember this remember at this all. Conversation? I mean, I've obviously I've seen videos like that, but yeah. uh, I I don't remember that. And then we were talking about like nihilist philosophers. Sure. Wow, these are so pretentious. <laughs> yeah. We sounded like a prog band or like a like a goth metal band right there, if you ask me. Yeah. Well, we it's good conversation, though. You know. I, yeah. It beats talking about the Vikings, for example. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, that you want to get depressing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, well, let's get your introductions. The Tire Fires are their name. And uh, gentlemen, introduce yourselves, please. It's Willop and Philip, or Phil and Will? <laughs> Damn it. Um, <laughs> my name is Will, and this is Philip. That's right, Philip. Please okay. do not call me Willop. <laughs> and do not call him Phil. Correct. Correct. Did you guys know each other growing up, or how did you meet? We met about 10 years ago doing improv together. Yeah. Oh, really? Comedy? Comedy. Comedy? Yep. No kidding. Wow. And it's interesting because uh, you're also a teacher. Yes. Yes, I am. I bet that really goes well. That really works well. I would say it does. Yeah. Um, I'm still, I'm a pretty introverted person, but because of improv, I have the ability to turn on, like, to perform uh, socialization for other people. And I get, uh, you know, made me good at it. My seventh grade math teacher was hilarious and i'm 67 years old and you remember that and i remember three things about his class that were just absolutely hilarious one 
was uh, there was a test. And instruction number one was put your name at the top right-hand corner. Instruction number two was read everything before you do anything. Instruction number three was stand up and say your name backwards and so on and so forth. And you get to the last instruction. It says, ignore everything except step one and two. Uh And step two said, read everything before you do anything. And it was just hilarious because I I got to like question three. I thought, this is kind of stupid. What's this about? What's this got to do with math? So then I reread it. But there were people that got like to question 18 and 19 out of 20 questions. (laughs) Yeah. That's a teacher with a good sense of humor. Yeah, I mean, that's like Van Halen with the, the brown M&Ms, right? Remove yeah. all the brown M&Ms. <laughs> yeah. We know you read the writer. That's right. That's right. That's funny. So you teach during the day. And yep. then, uh, Philip? Um, various things, lots of things. Uh, but one thing I do is teach improv, um, specifically through one company for neurodivergent students. Really, it's a really good way for like autistic kids to practice social skills. That's amazing. That that is so cool. Uh, when my kids were growing up, we used to do things like we'd grab a banana, and I would talk on it for a while, you know, and I'd say banana phone, it's for you, and then they would have a conversation, and then we went from bananas to other props, and we would just start doing things with the props, and uh, it's that kind of stuff, right? That you yeah. I love that. We used to play chess. We and we still do. We'll play chess at a at a we'll go to a restaurant and sit down and play chess. I might move the salt shaker over to where your napkin is and take away your fork. <laughs> then my daughter will study it like she's studying a chessboard. <laughs> and then she'll take my salt shaker and my ketchup bottle and say check. <laughs> nice. That's good. Funny. That's amazing. Love improv. I've always wanted to do it. Uh what what brought you to do that? For me, I was all, I was incredibly shy and introverted and had social anxiety. And I took my first class 12 years ago, just trying to be more comfortable talking to anyone and then just loved it and stuck stuck with it for over a decade. Yeah. Have you done stand up, uh, non improv, like an actual stand up act? Uh, I've tried. I've done it twice. And what I found is I don't like being up there alone and talking a lot. <laughs> I, I very much need other people to to play off of. What's the hardest part? Is it just the the solitude, or is it uh, the silence? I don't like. I don't talk very much in okay life. True. <laughs> no, that's funny because I had, I had a guy on a podcast here, and he said I I, I just. I don't really talk that much to people. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, John, let's talk about this. So when did you start playing music? When I was 10. (laughs) (laughs) How old are you now? 32. You know, it's like that. It's like pulling teeth to get, get, why would you do a podcast? Why would you do an interview? If you, if you know, so like, why would you do comedy if you're shy? But, then again, I've read com- comedians and, and I, I guess comedians and comedians that used that as a tool. They use comedy as a tool to break out of that. Yeah. Cool. Um, for me, anyway, I like I don't write jokes. I have attempt. I have tried stand up mm-hmm. and maybe I would be better if I tried it more. I didn't feel especially good at it. 
but also it's sort of the developing of a persona because whenever you're performing you have sort of persona but in stand-up you kind of are the persona um whereas in music you have your sort of on stage persona but that's sort of emergent from the music that you're performing and it's all kind of a whole and same with if you're teaching your persona is related to how what you're teaching right i'm a different person when i'm teaching but um on stand-up you kind of have to just get that persona and just hone it for a long time and that i i found that confusing to me i find that <laughs> like it's it's something i don't quite wrap my brain around so i i lack that skill there's a an artist either in minnesota or michigan sunny blue in the moons and she her background is theater mm -hmm. and the way she described it is that she plays the role of being a singer in a band yes yes and uh, that is such a cool way of explaining what a lot of us do in in performance yeah yes absolutely there's so much theater involved in performance there's also i also think music helps you with any sort of if it, i sometimes do acting and also I just like to do voices around the house at, at my home. I'll like imitate voices from shows we watch. And what yeah. I tell my wife is all, all voice that all voice vocal performance is just singing. So like, if you're watching a show, just try to sing what the actors are saying and you can usually imitate it pretty well. Everyone's just singing when they're acting, I think. So I, I always approach it from like a singing perspective as well. That's brilliant, man. That is absolutely <laughs> brilliant. Cause I, I do voices. I do voices, but I think that's where it comes from yeah. because I sing. It's and so, so I'm able to, it really is. That's that. Uh, I'm using that. For, I am 67 years old and using that for the rest of my life. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so you met in improv and where did the music come from then? Cause you're doing, doing comedy. How do you get from comedy to music? Uh, we both did music first. Um, I learned how to play guitar in college and didn't start improv till I was 28. And Will, I'm sure you were. So I started playing, I mean, I've played music my whole life. I took uh -huh. piano lessons as a little kid. And then when we started picking band instruments in you know, elementary school, I played the trumpet. Um, and then like in high school, I quit band and I started playing the bass. And I really like, bass really took off for me. Um, I played, so I played electric bass for about eight years before I picked up the double bass. Uh -huh. Um, and I written now I'm, I'm truly obsessed with double bass. It's like, aside from work, it's probably the thing I spend my most time on. Um, and no, I've seen, I've seen a six string, but I've, what is the double bass? I don't think I've oh, seen it. It's the upright, the upright. So oh, okay. On, okay. some of the songs will, well, one of the songs we'll play or that you'll play is, um, you'll hear me playing what's called Arco or with a bow. Uh -huh. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm truly obsessed with playing double bass with a bow, like the upright bass with a bow. I was going to ask about that, actually, because I don't know if you were actually playing. A, I was going to call it a cello. Ah, it's but, I mean, that is the that piece is mostly in the range of a cello, but it is it's a, it's a bass. OK, but I don't know if you use that or an Ebo because uh, Collective uh, no, Soul yeah, used I'm to use playing a, a big old bass with a bow. How fun. And which one was that? Pictures of pictures, of, pictures a, of a sad. That's the first song we're going to play. Yeah. So since we're talking about it. Wow, I just gave you your say. <laughs> How about that? Boy, the band is the Tire Fires from Minneapolis. The first song is called Pictures of a Sad.
troubles only photograph the good times as if joy was all they had well that won't help them when they break up let's take some pictures of us sad I have pictures of Fires are our guest here today, the Music of America podcast. First song there, picture of us sad, pictures of us sad from Minneapolis. Let's get back to watch this, Philip and Will. How about that? Thank I got them right. Well done. <laughs> we'll talk about their next song too in a moment. First, uh, discover your celebrity at this really cool, new, hottest, most interesting, and fun live musical show to hit the scene in probably 50 years. It's in Colorado now, but it's coming to a market near you. It's called Flash Jam. 
Whether you perform live music or enjoy listening or watching live music, Flash Jam has something for everyone, literally something for everyone. Flash Jam is a, a dynamic way for musicians to come together, perform, and compete for both recognition and, and prizes. It provides an exciting platform to collaborate and showcase your musical talents, whether you're new to the stage or an experienced musician. So here's how it works. Let's say they take a song like Painted Black by the Rolling Stones. And Philip says, man, I always want to play keyboards on that. And Will said, I always wanted to sing that. And Tom says, I would love to play guitar on that. So we each learn our part of that song. The host facility that's hosting Flash Jam has access to different musicians in the area. So send an email out to all these people and say, here's the list of songs. And we each pick out that that's the song we want to do. The night of the show, we appear at Flash Jam. And I meet Phil, or yeah, I meet Philip, and I meet Will, and I meet whoever else is in the band. And we go up and we do Paint It Black for the first time ever. And then the judges, the audience, they interact. They judge. And they get to decide, I liked those guys' version of Paint It Black versus that guy's version of Down on the Corner by Credence. It's really fun, really exciting. They even get bands in there that perform hit songs with other, uh, well, they get bands in there featuring songs, iconic songs, also for them to display the new talents, emerging talents. And then, like I said, the audience participates by voting. It's all there. It's Flash Jam. Coming to a market near you, Flash Jam. Welcome to the show. You want to talk about improv, dudes. <laughs> Can you yeah, imagine yeah. that? Oh, man. I mean, I thank God I would go for some Iron Maiden right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I would fail entirely. <laughs> <laughs> so, Philip, who are your musical influences? Because uh, your music is pretty dark. Yeah. And and dark and, and, and almost, would, would you call I wouldn't call it punk, but what is it? it right. It's punkish. Punkish, we, yeah. It's it's close to that aesthetic. Um, lyrics are definitely first for me, and so a lot of my the bands that I love are lyric driven. Uh -huh. So um, we love the Mountain Goats, um, Bright Eyes, like really heady lyrical driven story based songs. Yeah, how far back do you go? On I grew up in the seventies, and a lot of songs were story based. Sure. Yeah, I'm very eclectic. Anything anything with good lyrics, I'm into. Yeah. Really how about specific. You? Will, what's your, what's your musical taste? So I, al I also enjoy a lot of that stuff that Philip said, but when it comes to me, what really unlocked music for me was just, I love heavy metal. I love 70s rock and metal. Um, like, just na name a band that I pro from that era, and I probably love them. Steppenwolf. Uh, Oh yeah, Steppenwolf. One of the first use of the word heavy metal in a song. That's right. Um, Born to be wild. Um, uh, Blue Oyster Cult was the first band I ever really truly loved. Like I am obsessed with Blue Oyster Cult. I have too many layers on to show you, but I have a tattoo of their symbol on my arm. Um, I'm wearing a Rush sweatshirt right now. But I also like my first band. What played a lot of thrash metal, so I know a lot. I know Megadeth and Metallica songs uh -huh. by heart. Um, so that era, when it comes to like the stuff like i don't know what it's hard to describe how that drew me to philip's music because what i saw was i saw philip perform his music first like that song specifically is one of the first songs i ever heard philip perform 
Um, and I guess what I loved about it was, it was, it was so unrelenting. So many songs that are about dark or like bad feelings yeah. are kind of a make yourself feel better song in a way, or at least that's most of the songs I had heard is like, this song is about, it's there to sort of work through it. But Phillips songs tend to be more about existing in that feeling and like just experiencing the emotional truth of these bad feelings. Um, and that felt it's, it's just truthful in a way that I found a lot of music, especially music I had tried to write was not. And so I really appreciated that truthfulness and so yeah, the brutality of it. Um, I, I, I really appreciated that. That was what drew me to it. Philip, you wrote all your music or all the music we're hearing today. Not the, there's two songs on the album that Will wrote, including the last one we're going to hear today, Sexless and Alone. Okay. But Past, tense, past tense of Pain and... That's all Philip. That's Philip. And Pictures of a Sad was Philip, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what I'm noticing, because you said you're, you're kind of shy, quiet, withdrawn, and these are pretty lonely sounding songs. Yeah. So is that therapeutic for you? Does that help you kind of bring yourself out or does it just feel good to write about it? Or what's... What's the mindset behind that? Uh, it's extremely cathartic. That's why I, I really go long times in between writing anything. Because uh -huh. it's really, it's really identifying like one very specific moment. And like Will says, just like it, living in that moment as honestly and specifically as possible. Uh -huh. And so for the, for pictures, that's really, I just, it, the whole album is a breakup album. They're all inspired by the breakup of a of a long time relationship. Yeah. And I literally went through my Facebook photos and was like, oh, well, this is a picture we have. This is a picture we have. Uh -huh. And made a giant list and just wallowed in that misery for a while. That's uh I would also <laughs> like to potentially, so you notice how we're talking about it and we're not like, <laughs> sad right now no not at all that's why i was wondering it sounds like it's healthy like we're kind of i would even call us it, our band our di dynamic together is kind of like happy-go-lucky in a way right like yeah at least that's the vibe i we tend to get especially on stage we really kind of it, seeing us live is not like you would imagine if you'd only heard the album because we really just make fun of each other through the whole thing or mostly <laughs> i make fun of philip to be honest and philip <laughs> makes, fun makes fun of philip yeah. um <laughs> But um, so, so you you have that in common. We all pick on Philip. Right? <laughs> Everyone hates. He's Phil. good. He's good at it. Um, <laughs> it sounds like another band, Philip. Everyone yeah. hates Philip. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean that song we just that you just played. Uh, that's Philip's wife's favorite song of his. She requests it all the time. Yeah, we're both married now. Yeah, like, yeah we're both married. Long time ago, it was true in that moment, but it hasn't been true for a decade. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we play the saddest songs we can but giggle and joke the entire time we're playing them. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Is there a drummer? No. Not at this time. Uh -huh. There was once, and then he ghosted us. Yep. Oh. And it's, yeah, it's it's hard to recruit. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sensing another song. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> he ghosted us. Da, da, da. <laughs> um, past tense of pain. What is the past tense of pain? Philip? So... Uh, the past tense of pain is just right now you're feeling pain because in the past you felt love. So love is the past tense of pain. Whenever you have love in the future, you will have pain. 
I got you. So There's you, no you have love and love is taken away. That's you, you feel pain. Mm-hmm. So when you feel love again, love is the, that's clever. How'd that come to you? Same breakup, same. same well, breakup. and you've got some good grammar jokes in there. Yeah, it's a lot of, it's mostly grammar jokes it's, <laughs> oh, yeah? it's for English teachers. Um, I do like a lot of wordplay. And so that one was just, what if I expressed this pain through as many puns as I could think of? Yeah. When I was doing mornings in Wichita, I was at a radio station in Wichita, Kansas. And at 7.45 every morning, I hosted a segment called Pollard's Pun Corner. <laughs> and I would tell a story. And the, the punchline was always a pun. So nice. like uh, people who live in grass houses shouldn't stow thrones was one of my favorites. And it, just by giving you the punchline, you can imagine a joke around that you know and that's what i would do i would I'd... yeah and my favorite i'm gonna i mean i, I was gonna say can i swear but then i realized this song has a big old f-bomb on it that's um so <laughs> if it's okay if i just quote the song we're about to hear but my person i don't know if it's my favorite line over of that you've ever written but like the good my favorite joke in this song is i wish i could say i will have learned from this but fuck future perfect perfect futures don't exist like, oh wow that's that that's a really good line <laughs> that's a good joke that's yeah. funny I like it's it. just a grammar joke yeah well, we're going to give it a listen and see how, see if we can count how many puns. <laughs> yeah, maybe I won't. All right. <laughs> it's, the Tire Fires are our guests here from Minneapolis on the Music of America podcast. And this song is called Past Tense of Pain. This is not a cry for help. No, this is just a cry. I would have died for you now. I just want to die love was lying next to you now love is just a lie love is just the past tense of pain things were better when they were plural all alone in this lonely world prefer the pronouns us and we but all i have is i and me wish i could say i will have learned from this but fuck future perfect perfect futures don't exist love is just the past tense of pain I'm not begging you to fix me I'm just asking you to kiss me So I can forget that I'm broken for a while This is not a cry for help, no This is just a cry I would have died for you now just want to die love was lying next to you now love is just a lie love is just the past tense of pain the best way to get over someone is to get under someone else said the girl who'd been under everyone but couldn't get over herself 
So now I am on a mission to give the word single a definition that's more than just a synonym for alone. So I'm not begging you to love me. I'm just asking you to fuck me so I can forget that I'm lonesome for a while. This is not a cry for help, no. This is just a cry. I would have died for you now. I just want to die. Love was lying next to you now. Love is just a lie. Love is just the past tense of pain. Love is just the past tense of pain. Love is just the past tense of pain. Past Tense of Pain with the Tire Fires here on the Music of America podcast. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. We're going to talk about another song written, this one written by Will in just a moment. River Ridge Farms, Vermont's recreation lover's dream, a gorgeous vacation rental nestled in the Green Mountains of Vermont. River Ridge Farm is an escape to everything wonderful Vermont has to offer. This historic farmhouse is set atop 16 acres of fields and mountainous views, a pasture, a pond, tree-lined river frontage. Come enjoy this beautiful, beautiful spot in the heart of the Green Mountain State, along with the multiple nearby ski mountain resorts, breweries, snowshoe trails, biking trails, all the touristic activities that you'll find in the mountainous area. This spot is unique due to the multiple mountain views and the resident farm animals. So when you're setting up your appointment, talk to the owner, Diana, about interacting with the pet. She's got these pigs that my grandson just loves. You get to go pet the pigs. They love it. Or just do a farm stay in this comfortable modern farmhouse, which sleeps 11 guests easily. There's enough space there to throw events like a New Year's party, retirement party, wedding, or just relax and rejuvenate in the beautiful Vermont landscape. Check them out. River Ridge Farms. Now, there's a lot of River Ridge Farms in this country. So if you look for them on Facebook, look at River Ridge Farms Jeffersonville. They're also online through Airbnb, River Ridge Farms. Vermont's recreation lover's dream. Y'all are in Minneapolis, so you don't, uh, you're not really surrounded by mountains like we are here in Vermont, right? Nope. I've got a friend of mine that fishes up there a lot. So there's a lot of fishing up there, a lot of hunting, a lot of outdoor stuff, I guess. That's yeah. not your bag, right? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> a little camping, but no. Yeah. You're hunting. What's a wilderness like in Minneapolis? Like, when's a good time to come up and visit and camp or just hang out, look at the the, the rivers, the lakes? May and June are absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Um, kind of depends on what you like. You know, our, our fall foliage is beautiful. Um, so late October is really nice, but it also, like, that's when it starts to get chilly. So mm -hmm. depends on what your tolerance for cold is. Uh, well, but it's yeah. similar to Vermont, I think, what you're saying. Sounds similar to Vermont. Beautiful here in May and June because everything's in yeah. bloom. And then yeah. uh, two weeks either side of Columbus Day. Sure. You know, it's yeah. when our foliage changes and then it starts yeah. to get cold. 
We had yeah. a Halloween party. The sad. We always have a Halloween party the Saturday before Halloween, sure. and we were all inside. And we had fires and uh, patio stoves going <laughs> outside. It was still, yeah, it was comfortable, but you know, yeah. I mean, our Halloween this year was like thirty degrees, something like that. It was. It was cold. It was the first snow of the year. Yeah, that's right. We had our first snow of the year on Halloween. We, we had snow on Monday. Yeah. There is a legendary blizzard that every Minnesotan has heard about 18 times every a year. But yeah. in 91, there was a Halloween blizzard that dumped 28 inches of snow on us. And it's, Oh, my gosh. It's 91. <laughs> it's yeah. it's lived in legend ever since. Wow. We must pass it down from generation to generation. I'll, I'll hear about it. Oh, wait, I just did. Okay, thank you. <laughs> you now know the legend of the 91 blizzard of Halloween. So uh, the last song we're going to play here. Now, Will, this is one that you bring to the table, yeah. Sexless and Alone. Yeah. Which some people could call that marriage, but, you know, it's... Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Zing. Boom, <laughs> boom. Try the salad bar. I'll be here all week, you know. <laughs> what uh, What's it all about? Um, so this is... So we, we uh, there are two songs on the album that are kind of about giving up on dating, I'd say. Um, Philip wrote one called uh, Pros and Cons of Dating Me, which is about trying to date. And mine is about, this is about essentially giving up on ever having a relationship, which again, I would point out we're both married. Um, but this is essentially like me at a point when I was like, I had attempted dating uh, for a little bit and I still was kind of in like somewhat of a heartbroken place, I guess. And I was just like, no, forget all this. I don't want like, just give up. And like, the logical extension of that is you will be alone, which I'm mostly okay with. Be I was, you know, I'm a person who can function alone and you will be, you will never have sex. And that was like it. And so it's like, okay, I accept this bargain. This is what I accept. This is what this song is about. And it came together also musically because I found the sort of riff on guitar and I translated to bass. And to me, it's kind of like a Motorhead song if Lemmy were a completely different person and had given up. Like, the vibe to me, and you'll hear it on the album if you like Motorhead, it's got distorted electric bass on the on this album version. Yeah. Um, and a bass solo on it, because why not? Um, yeah. Um, I was was it by design, or was that a, a why not kind of thing? So let's see how it sounds, and then you like it. I mean, it, so. I like to solo. Uh -huh. um, we put fewer solos on the album, but I play more of them. I play more live. Um, we, I indulge myself more live. Well, we need you to because every song that I wrote, it's it's all lyrics and then two, three, maybe four chords if we're lucky. Yeah. It's like <laughs> guitarist. So all of the interesting music happens is all will. So it's yeah. whenever I can pause and let him actually make music happen, I will. <laughs> Philip, do you play any leads at all, or do you just just chords and lyrics, chords and lyrics? Yeah. You envision at some point in time maybe adding drums and another guitarist to like accent your work with a, a lead something or not? I mean, yeah, but they would have to approach me like Will did <laughs> and be like, I love these songs. Can I please play drums for you? <laughs> <laughs> I've never thought about looking. Yeah. Where uh where do you guys play? What's a what's a venue that says, I like these guys, I want them playing at my place? Boy, we wish we could find it. <laughs> for a while we were playing a lot of breweries but breweries here um are open to kids we kind of have a pg set we can play yeah we can uh -huh. it's still kind of a sad pg set um but we throw some covers in there and we censor certain lyrics right. and there's certain songs we don't play and you know the funny thing is we can put on a hell of a show for preteens and, and little kids if we need to <laughs> But where we where we belong is in a dirty little dive bar. Yeah, where yeah. we can be as as open as we want. 
Yeah. And What's a tire fire show set run usually 45 minutes, hour, yeah, hour and 45. Yeah. Sometimes an hour. If it's in Phillips garage, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it stretches out for an hour at least. Yeah. yeah. Monkey house, monkey house in Winooski, Vermont wants to hire you guys. I'll give you 45 minutes. All okay. right. Radio bean will give you 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, okay. Nectar's wants three and a half hours. I don't think we can quite land that yet. Yeah. I don't have my chops up to three and a half hours. Those those that do those that are getting started. Well, the that's usually the bands that are established. So the guys yeah. that, that are friends of mine that will open for them, for example, do about an hour, an hour and a half. You know. Yeah. So you can stretch like, it out and do something like that. Yeah. It sounds like at least around here, the bands that are doing that are the are the cover bands that like travel around the state and get put up in a hotel for a weekend for a three and a half hour set and play yeah. a lot of covers. Yeah. Is uh Minneapolis a big original music venue or, you know, our, our town, I guess, like, are, are there a lot of avenues for you to express your, your art? There is. Yeah. I think there's, there's a very vibrant scene. Um, I used to host an open mic for a long time. There's a ton of open mics. There's a bunch of venues where anyone can put shows together. Yeah. It's a really big uh, rap and hip hop scene that I know nothing about, but it's nationally renowned. There's a show on Netflix I reference a lot on this podcast. It's Hip Hop Revolution or Hip Hop Evolution. I, I can't remember because it's been a while since I've watched it now. But it's really interesting because it goes, uh, illustrates how Minneapolis has its own sound hmm. versus Atlanta's versus New York versus, yeah. you know. And I can't remember if there was something about Minnesota that was really, and maybe it's the artists that came out of there that are really big. But I was really surprised that of uh, how it was positioned in the show that Minnesota is a big place for hip hop. Mm-hmm. And you just back that up. That's, that's really interesting. Any ideas why that is? I, I'm totally the wrong person to ask. <laughs> Me too. Okay. Well, then, like the thing, there's definitely Minneapolis. Yeah. It has absolutely rap and hip hop. And then, you know, funk like uh, Corey Wong is out of Minneapolis and is kind of blowing up right now. Uh-huh. And there's definitely in that vein, there's a lot of really great funk musicians. But again, I, that's not my, that's, I, I don't sound like that. And I'm not like, I'm not going to. So I like, I don't sound like the Minneapolis sound at all. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was thinking, I was thinking because Prince was so big. Oh yeah, absolutely. As... A lot of the people who played with Prince still like they're playing on Mondays at Bunker's Grill. Like, Oh Barn really? Grill. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Dr. Mambo's combo. It's some insane musicians there. They're no kidding. Yeah. That's every fun. Monday. You can go out and see so, uh, you are, you know, they come in and out. It's it's a different band many nights, but a lot of people mm-hmm. there will have played with Prince. And when Prince was alive, he would sometimes just go out and see them or something. Yeah. But following like the timeline, the musical evolution on a timeline, as Prince was in his prominence and fading, not that he ever faded, but, you know, in his prominence, his peak, that's when hip hop and rap was gaining its strength. Sure. So maybe that's why those that wanted to be and share that limelight and Prince was very, very, uh, from what I've heard and read about him, was very supportive of the art, of the arts and encouraging to have more people come out and, and play music and do what they do. And so maybe that's how Minnesota, Minneapolis, St. Paul got its, uh, its own identity was maybe through the influence of Prince. Done. All right. Off on a tangent. I do that so well. So Sexless and Alone mm-hmm. is the song that you wrote, and we're going to hear that now. The band is called The Tire Fires from Minneapolis, Minnesota. 
Sexless and Alone with the Tire Fires. Sounds like my early days in radio. Sexless and Alone. <laughs> I like my other joke better. All right. Uh, <laughs> Will and Philip, tell us, this is the last segment of the show. This is the segment we call Shameless Self-Promotion. Tell us how we can support you, how we can uh, put money, my money into your wallet. Uh, merch, CDs, uh, shows that are coming up, and projects coming up in 2024, anything like that. Sure. Uh, everything can be found through tirefires.com. Um, we're on all the streaming platforms, including Bandcamp, where you can purchase it for whatever price, I think, is what it's set up for. Yeah. And we've got a, a Tee Public store if you want, like, a shirt or a mug or something. Yeah, it's all through tirefires.com. What is, and you called it a Tee Public store? Yeah, Tee Public is a made-to-order merch store so oh okay yeah. okay not familiar yeah. with it so and shows coming up guys uh are you doing anything 24 you're gonna have a new album or working on new songs anything like that are we philip 
Are we gonna have a new album? The last album only took five years to make. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're hoping to. I mean, I don't know about twenty four, but we want to make new music. Yeah, definitely. We know that the next full album is gonna be all about death. Yeah, so you thought these songs that. were dark. <laughs> you should hear some of the things Philip's written since then. Um, so I will. Let's, so let's follow this. So this is sad. Then we're going to death. So what's next? Yeah. Necrophilia. You know, <laughs> uh, I do have a Phillips song. solo work. I this, I have no part of that piece. I have nothing to do with that piece. But I do have a song. I'll send Tom. I'll send you an email. Oh boy, to it. yeah. Will has nothing to do. I with desire it. to not be affiliated with this. Is this is this maybe an answer to tying this all together? Uh, an answer to uh, the past tense of pain. So <laughs> sorrow, death, necrophilia, the past oh, of pain. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I think I wrote I think I wrote the necrophilia song before all of it. Maybe. So there's a really obscure, first. really obscure movie called Blood Simple. Have you ever seen it? Oh well I haven't seen it. I actually want that's um Cohen Brothers, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's one of their first movies. And uh, uh, uh Melanie Griffin Twin Cities, Twin Cities kids. Craig Craig Wasson is in it. Anyway, uh, he's he's an actor doing a vampire movie. Witnesses this gruesome gruesome murder. And uh, long story short, there's a scene where he thinks he killed Melanie Griffith, and he's burying her. And she wakes up. And she and she says he's trying to have sex with me. The only problem is I'm still alive. Uh. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so bizarre. But Cohen, it's Cohen Brothers. I think one of their best pieces have been just so un under publicized guys it's fun i could I, I i love your personas uh there's a really sick side of me that loves this kind of humor my brothers and i share our sick jokes on our own private chat room you know <laughs> you guys have fit right in man <laughs> i love it the tire fires our guest today here on the music of america podcast up next jmo on the beat and the j letters You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.